the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Some of the things that we go through are not good. They're bad. Some of them are are just flat out ugly. But God can take the good, the bad, and the ugly and ultimately work it together for good. Sounds a little like an old Clint Eastwood movie, doesn't it? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And today he's talking about the abilities of God. And uh, we're in the midst of a study on the uh, doctrines of the church. And of course, God's abilities play into every aspect of those doctrines. We've already discussed the fact that God is all-powerful and that he is omnipresent. And today we get into just how much God knows. He's also omniscient. Omniscient. That means all-knowing. All-knowing. And it is a term that really can apply only to God because only God is infinite and eternal and only a being that is infinite and eternal can know everything. Our knowledge is always limited to our capacity. So God is infinite. He's aware of all things. He understands all things. He comprehends all things. He knows all things. There's nothing you can teach God. You can't go to God and say, and he says, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. There's nothing you can tell God, teach God, nothing you can do to surprise God. He knows everything. In fact, he knows everything about everything. He even knows our thoughts. Isaiah 66, 18, I know their thoughts. Revelation 2, 23, I am he who searches the minds and hearts. It's as though our minds and hearts are little radio stations that he's tuned into and paying attention to. Now, how is this a benefit to us? Well, if omniscient, if God is omniscient, then he knows everything. He knows all of the failures that we've committed in the past, the present. He even knows what we're going to do in the future, and we haven't even gotten there yet. And sometimes we do something that's wrong. This little voice comes and tells us, ooh, God can't possibly love you anymore after this. God can't possibly forgive you after this. Well, guess what? God already knew what this is. And if he chose to love you and he chose to forgive you, that ain't going to change. Because he is unchanging. He is immutable. What you did was not a surprise to God. There's another aspect to this that's a benefit to us. And that is that we can be totally transparent with God. You know, some people don't understand that. They, they, they think that their relationship with God, with God is sort of like, you know, playing cards. And what they don't realize is God knows what's in their hand. You can't bluff God. You can't manipulate God. You can't bargain with God. You can't surprise God. God knows it all. He sees everything. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says we're all going to give an account to God. 1 Corinthians 4.5, God will bring to light hidden things of darkness. You know, there's another benefit of this, and that is that when we continuously keep ourselves aware 
of God's omniscience, that he knows everything, that helps us keep from sinning. Because when we have that opportunity to sin, that awareness will remind us, wait a minute, if we sin, God will know. God will know. So it's sort of a two-edged sword for us. It's security because we know that he is in control, that he's not puzzled, he's not surprised. For the unbeliever, it's not so good a news because there's no place they can hide from God. All of their sins are thoroughly exposed. Now, the omniscience of God is a crucial part of fulfilling God's promise to bring about justice. Because for a judge to bring about complete justice, they have to know everything about the case. They need to know all of the evidence. They need to know all of the circumstances. They need to know all of the facts. They need to know all of the people, their motivations, their intentions, their actions, and so forth, all the mitigating circumstances. And God knows all of that. And because of that, he can bring about a just judgment. He is omniscient. He knows everything. And then we find also the scripture says that God is holy, that God is holy. In fact, when we get glimpses into heaven, oftentimes we find the, those around the throne are singing, holy is the Lord. For instance, in Isaiah chapter 6, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, High and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were the seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then again in Revelation chapter 4, in the center, around the throne, there's the throne room again, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had the face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with all eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So the glances that we have into heaven are with those around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy. Now, the word holy has uh, two meanings. It has to do primarily with uh, something being set apart or uh, uniqueness, that God is unique, that there is none other like him in his being. There is no other being that's like God. But there's also a secondary meaning that refers to actions, that God is always right in his actions. His actions are always righteous. He always does what is right. He never does what is wrong. He always acts in accordance with his righteous, holy nature. And because God is holy, he is both great in being and good in action. There is no evil mixed in with his goodness, which leads to our next description of God, that God is good, that God is good. James wrote, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Not only is God altogether good, He is consistently good. He doesn't know how to be anything but good. There is no shadow of turning. Shadow suggests darkness. Darkness in the Scriptures suggests evil. And there is no evil in God. There's no hint of darkness. He's the Father of lights. And because God is good always good. And God is at work, always at work. He works all things together for good. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, this is probably one of my life verses and I, I hold to it every day, but I really hold to it when life is going through difficult times and we all have difficult times. 
some of the things that we go through are not good. They're bad. Some of them are, are just flat out ugly. But God can take the good, the bad, and the ugly and ultimately work it together for good. And I constantly remind myself when I'm going through those difficult times, God's going to take this thing and make it good. Somehow, someday, some way, God is going to take it and make it good. And I just need to hang on to God. Keep my faith in God. When we encounter affliction and injustice and misery, just hang on, hang on, hang on. God is good. And God is just. You know, there's an inherent, within the heart of each person, is an inherent, though imperfect, sense of justice. That's why my wife likes to watch CSI <laughs> and Blue Bloods. She gets a sense of satisfaction when the bad guy gets caught and punished. And then there's a sense of dissatisfaction when he gets away. That, a, a sense that justice has not been served. And all of us understand these, these feelings. We, we get a sense of satisfaction when we see someone, especially someone we love, uh, get justly rewarded, like a, a friend or a family member who finally gets that raise or that promotion they've worked so hard and deserve. It's interesting that we don't get quite so much, much satisfaction when a total stranger gets a reward. But we do get satisfaction when a total stranger is justly punished. A lot more satisfaction than a family member or a friend when they're justly punished. So we have a disproportionate concept of justice, and that's especially true of ourselves. Uh, We get greatly satisfied when we are justly rewarded. We're not so satisfied when we are justly punished. So though it's distorted, this sense of justice is built into every human. Aristotle defined justice as giving a person what is his or her due. And what is due might be determined by an ethical situation or some kind of agreement. When a person is punished more severely than his crime deserves, then the punishment is unjust. If a person receives a lesser reward than they have earned, then the the reward is not just. But God is always just. And He's the only one who can be because He alone knows everything about everything. So God is just, but He's also merciful. And how thankful we all should be. Huh? Because if God was not merciful, none of us would be alive. Mercy occurs when wrongdoers receive less punishment than they deserve. Or greater rewards than they earn. And God is gracious to us when he withholds the punishment we deserve. Or he rewards us for being obedient. Which really is not merited because we're supposed to be obedient to our Creator. Mercy is always voluntary with God. He's never obligated to be merciful. He said to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Now this is the really neat thing, folks, that God has invited you and me to receive and enjoy His mercy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We deserve to die for our sin, but if we believe in Jesus Christ, we're promised that we're not going to die, that we're going to live eternally. Whoever believeth. 
The Apostle Paul wrote, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God has offered to us his mercy. And that's the good news. Gospel means good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about what that good news means, you can certainly get in touch with us at Church of the Highlands. We would love to answer your questions. You can find all our contact information on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Our phone number is 650-873-4095. I hope that's easy to remember. 650-873-4095. This is a broadcast provided as a local ministry by the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Pastor Leighton Sheely is the senior pastor at the church and our regular teacher for most of our broadcasts, and he will continue our study of the doctrines of the church when we come back at this same time on Monday. With the weekend upon us, this is a good time to remind you the details about online worship times and other ministries going on at Church of the Highlands can be found on the web at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Do have a blessed weekend and join us on Monday when we'll open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse.